Listener Production. Coming up on today's edition of Footy Talk, all of the AFL head honchos have spent the last two days at Werribee. What is the fixture going to look like? And are we a fan of what it might potentially look like? We'll take a look at tonight's big game between the Bombers and the Dogs. And are the Cats capable of going to Queensland and causing an upset on Saturday? That's all to come on Footy Talk. Friday's edition of Footy Talk. We're very much on the home straight as we head towards finals. If you're listening, of course, on Spotify, then hit the bell, leave us a nice review and tell us all the good stuff you like about Footy Talk. I'm Jack Heron alongside the Saints Hall of Famer, Joey Montagna. Just a quiet week for uh, Footy Talk, Joey. Wasn't it? Humble little Footy Talk, mate. Uh, gone viral this week off the back of Nick Rewald's comments. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a surprise to me. I didn't think much of it, but um, we'll get him back on Tuesday and... We'll get his rebuttal, but it's continued on for the week. Been interesting. Little unlike rats to kind of throw a grenade back over the fence, isn't it? He's normally the sort of person that um, lets yeah. those ones go through to the keeper. It wasn't much of a serious backhand, was no. it? Just sort of a joke about some free physio. And I said, as I've said, that's pretty fair. Rui is a tight ass, so that wouldn't <laughs> surprise me one bit. And I'm surprised Ratton didn't talk about Rui going in and taking the free Gatorades and everything else at the footy club. So, um, no, look, I mean, it's a, it's a – Sort of a bit of a touchy week for Brett Ratton, to be fair, coaching yeah. against his former side that, you know, did sack him in a, in a way that was was not ideal. And I'm sure he does have some some feelings towards it. So maybe the timing of it uh, wasn't ideal. But um, anyway, we'll move on and, uh, yeah, we'll get Nick back on Tuesday. I'm just trying to work this out. So Rui's been going back to get free physio. Dal's coaching the women's team now. So he's back around the club a bit. Cosy's back around the club working at the Danny Frawley Centre. Brendan Goddard's back at the footy club. They're all getting stuff out of the club. Hey, what are you getting hey, out of hey, the Hey, you like this. The Danny Frawley Centre, yeah. free membership for past players. I've been going to the gym. Have, have you? Can't you? Sorry, I shouldn't say. Have you? Can't you look you? great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've been popping in. There's a, the, the Danny, a separate gym from the players, but um, you've been able to get in there a couple of times in the afternoons, and I don't really do much. I sat in the sauna a couple of weeks ago. Do I speak with Maxi King? Yeah, popped did. in there and I gave him some advice about how to play on Stephen May and he lasted 30 seconds and then he's done his shoulder. <laughs> so that didn't work too well. So, uh, yeah, I do take advantage of the free stuff as well, the free the free gym. Stick to the mids, Joey. I think the forwards might be a little yeah. out of your uh, jurisdiction. Hey, AFL head honchos have been meeting at Werribee Mansion the last couple of days. Gee, there's some talk about the fixture and the way that it's all going to look. I think whatever the situation and wherever we land, one thing's for certain is it feels like it's going to look very different next year. Will it be next year or is this just a bit of a – just start to sort of condition everyone and throw the ideas up and maybe it's down the track. I'm bit not, of a kite-flying exercise. A little bit. Yeah, I'm not okay. sure these things – and I think the AFL, I've learned over the years, do this in advance, don't they? They throw out some ideas and it takes a little bit of period of time so it sort of conditions the fans that there will be change. I don't think it'll be dramatic and I don't necessarily think it'll be next year, but I wouldn't be surprised and I think it's fair. You've got to keep evolving. We've had – However many different top eight systems or top six, top five, finals, methods, fixtures, how many games. So I just think it's common sense that it'll continue to evolve and find better ways to do it. Personally, I'm a fan of a play-in game. I think that it'll add to the drama of the finals. I think it keeps more teams relevant in the season, stops teams from – because if you're sitting in 11th spot right now or 12th spot, is it actually better to finish 13th and 14th or finish 9th or 10th? It's actually better to finish 13th and 14th in our system. You get a – Better draft pick. Yep. You get a better draw for next year. So why wouldn't you, if you are a club and a forward-thinking club, start to put players on ice, wrap up the season, finish lower, and set yourself up for the next year? But if you change it and have teams that can play finals from 10th, it keeps those sides going, okay, maybe if we win here five of our last six, we can play and all those sorts of things. And I think you're right. The, the fixture, the way we have it, needs to be looked at to try and be a bit more equitable. The um, 
17 rounds and then dividing into three lots of six. Do you like that? Um, it's still it's still very much a, you know in a draft format, but it is at first glance. Does it, it go? I, don't, I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I even think I would even go a step further and have eighteen rounds. So have everyone play everyone once. Have your showdowns again twice. So they are a lock. They're, they're in. That's eighteen rounds. So like a rivalry round. A rivalry round. Yeah. You okay. know, you so do, is that Collingwood Essendon and yep, yeah, you know, Port Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide. Geelong. However you want to do yep. it, Bulldogs and Kilda. They've done it in the past. The rivalry rounds. Have that at eighteen rounds. Then whatever the fixture looks like, you then have teams playing for top six. You have teams playing for 6v10, and then the bottom teams can somehow play for the draft pick. So rather than coming last and getting it, you could maybe say the last five rounds of the year, it's a bit of a round robin, and whoever wins has actually got the chance of getting a better pick. I don't know. More more balls in the barrel kind of thing? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Some way to encourage teams to win at the back end of the season rather than encouraging more teams to lose. I know the government deal's been done for gather rounds, so it's going to be here next year. Mm. What I've loved in the last 48 hours is how many people within footy media have pushed, oh, you can't lose Gather Round, can't lose yeah, Gather yeah, Round. Yeah. Not because it was great and because it was a spectacle, because it's one of the great piss-ups of all time, <laughs> Gather Round, <laughs> and no one wants to lose it. True. And this is one thing I will say, and I know a lot of fans, and I've seen already surveys, are all saying don't change it. But if we listen to the fans on every rule change, hardly any rule change would have come in. Everyone gets up in arms about... Hello, the, Kevin Bartlett. Yes, yeah. that's right, about the stand-on-the-mark rule. It's going to change the game forever, and insufficient intent and all these rules that have actually made the game better. If we let the fans decide that, they, we'd still be stuck playing the you know, rules back in the old days and we'd still have rolling malls. So I think they've got to have some foresight um, and I think they will look to continue to evolve and make the game better. Let's talk about tonight, Bombers and the Dogs. Massive game for both teams and that's not a cliche no. or throwaway line. It is a massive game for both teams. The question I have for you, Joey, who are the Western Bulldogs? I've got no idea. No, they are bipolar. Uh, they need a shrink. You don't really know. You don't know what you're going to get. They're hard to catch. What can you say about them? I think they're the better team. Like, I think they should win tonight, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Trying to put a finger on what it is, it's really hard to know. You know, do they do they defend hard enough and well enough like the top teams? Is it their preparation? Do we maybe overrate their list? I don't know, but they're a tough team. Essendon have been surprising. They've I've always... Probably underestimated them this year. Mm. Every time they keep bobbing up, they're really poor down at Geelong. But they can win this. So it's going to be a cracking game. Can't wait. Couldn't help but notice when the teams lobbed last night that Brad Scott has run out of patience with Sam Wiedemann. Gone the best part of six games without kicking a goal. He's defended him endlessly in terms of the role that Sam Wiedemann's playing. But the fact that he's not playing tonight in a big game and Nick Cox comes in off a pretty disrupted year, what does that tell us? To be fair, it probably tells me they've just been waiting for a replacement. They yeah, haven't okay. been able to. That, as Brad Scott's been saying, he's been playing an important role. He certainly hasn't been in form, but they've needed that other tool, and they really haven't had the options. Once Phillips and, and um, the other Ruckman Draper went mm. down, they've had to probably stick, I think, with Wiedemann maybe one or two weeks longer than they probably would have liked. Now they've probably rushed, as you're saying, Nick Cox back in for that exact reason. So Phillips comes back in as well. They'll keep young Brian, and they're just going to try and experiment what their best look is. Were you ever subbed out? Once. Once. Yep, I remember it, yep. How'd you take it? No, nah, it was it was fair enough. I rushed back from a knee injury. I missed one week with a medial ligament mm-hmm. and thought I'd be right to play. And it was a night game against, it was either Collingwood or Geelong, one of the strong teams, and I was going like a busted. So Ross Lyon, <laughs> he, he, at about midway through the third quarter, they threw me the vest and said, you shouldn't have been shouldn't have played this game, and I probably agreed. So that was the only time I was subbed out, yep. So you didn't do a Morris Rioli Jr. and refused to... Pick up the phone? No, I didn't do that. But you know what I found I think we've all been there, but that normally happens at about midnight when you're yeah. starting to get the calls yeah, from home. That's right. That is true. That is true. <laughs> One of your famous long lunches. What is funny about, and yeah, there's been a few instances I've just seen this week with social media. Have you seen the extended version of that? 
He waves the phone away and then he literally grabs it five seconds later and oh, talks to he? the coach. Have you not seen that no, either? No, I haven't. So it's funny now how we can specifically make things look worse than they are. So I saw it the other day and went, oh, he actually did grab the phone literally five seconds after he wiped it away and yeah. spoke to the coach. So when you put it in context, you're like, okay, he did the old nut and then took it. It's a massively different story to the one that we've seen where it just looks like he just flobbed the coach and then he's being dropped because of it and people try and put two and two together. It's it's fascinating. It's also not that big a deal, is it really? really. Like he didn't want to talk to the coach. It would have spoken to him a couple of minutes later. I've seen some massive blasts between players and coaches on the phone. It's very funny. (laughs) Um, Tigers, favourites, no doubt, against the Hawks tomorrow afternoon. It, it, it should be a straightforward win for yeah, them, shouldn't it? it should be. The Hawks, you just never know what they produce, though. Some of their yeah. best footy is really, really good. Um, but then sometimes they're pretty poor as well. So I think it's always a danger game, playing Hawthorne. If you can get on top of them early, I think you can set the game up and, and you'll be okay. But if you give them a little sniff and let them run and gun like the Brisbane Lions did and let them get their tail up, they're a dangerous proposition. But Richmond have still got aspirations to play finals, and they're – professional enough club that they're not going to let this slip. So Sam Mitchell's one of the few coaches in footy at the moment that is deploying a tagger pretty much every mm. week. Finn McGuinness, last couple of weeks, yeah. has done a couple of jobs. Did Got Josh Kelly, got Taron Thomas last week. He's only one man and he can only go to one person. Is he going to Dustin Martin or is he going to Shea Bolton? It's a good question. Now, Sam puts a lot of thought into these. He doesn't go to the obvious. They look a bit deeper at which players are the line breakers. I don't think he wants him to play across half back. So maybe Shea Bolton is probably the matchup. Or I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone like a Daniel Rioli and says we're going to take away their run and drive. Liam Baker, maybe someone. So we'll keep an eye on that. I don't think it'd be Dusty, but maybe Shea Bolton. Good one. Good luck, whoever Mm. you get, Finn McGuinness. You've got a couple of good ones to choose from there. Blues and the Eagles, Saturday at Marvel. Um, Nick Nat said yesterday that he, and we've, we've almost forgotten about Nick Nat Newey as a footballer, that he's got another season under contract. He wants to go again. Feels like he's coming from a long way back now. Yeah, he is. But they've got no choice, do they? I mean, he's contracted. He wants to play. You hope that he's fit and healthy and can play some footy next year and help young Bailey Williams as a chop out, help the club. It's a lot like a lot of their senior players. It's sort of more of a fingers crossed rather than, you know, a big spot. But they could. If they get all their injured veterans fit and healthy next year, and it's a big if, yeah. they'll look completely different. They just haven't been able to do it for a number of years now. Paddy Cripp's not playing with a cork. Adam Chera has got a, a tight hammy, couldn't finish off last week's game, so they won't play. Harry Mackay, as we learned earlier this week, is out for six to eight with a meniscus. Jordan Boyd suspended as well. I like it, a little bit of just resting a couple of players. I don't mind it. You've got to risk it to win the biscuit. They've got it. I'm not sure they're risking it against West Coast, are they? Oh, well, no, they're probably not. But it's the right thing to do. I mean, there's no point hobbling to the finish line. If they are going to play finals, they want to be finals and contending. So give a couple of them a week off and then set themselves up for the pies next Friday night. It's going to be massive. And you know the other thing too. So the Coleman race is getting very, very interesting now. At the moment, you've got Charlie Curnow and Tex Walker that are kind of bone crusher and our Waverly star. They're head to head down the straight. When Tex played the Eagles, he loaded up. Well, so did Charlie, didn't he, early in the year? So Charlie's got nine. another chance to so load up. he does yeah. have a chance to fill his boots. No Jeremy McGovern, so every opportunity for him to kick a few. This is going to be a very, very interesting game. Saturday twilight, Lions and Geelong at the Gabba. No Zach Bailey, but the Lions do get back Josh Dunkley, who has been massive for them this year. Yeah, I mean, they hardly lose at home, Brisbane. I mean, and they're a very good team. We know that. They're, you know, they should be eyeing off top four. They'll be spewing with how they finished off that game against Melbourne. They just Their leadership, they just didn't get it done. So they'll be pretty. They'll be smarting and wanting to bounce back. Have you done the ladder predictor, by the way? Yeah, I have. Is there a world where Brisbane can still finish top two, or not really? 
Um, no, I don't have them top two. I have them maybe going the other way. Do you really? Potentially. Hang on a minute. Potentially. They've got Collingwood at Marvel. Yep. They've got uh, Geelong this week. They've got another – they've got one more, do they? Another tough game off the top of my head. So you've got them potentially Ma- missing. Potentially. Gee. Potentially. This is for a team that was set to win a premiership. They yeah. might have to go the long way around They'll the mountain. They'll still finish top four. I don't think yeah. they will miss, but I, I was more looking at it from slipping rather than climbing after the loss to Melbourne. What about the Cats? Uh, they've worked hard to get themselves into the top eight. Um, they can probably, because of how hard they've worked to get to this point, they can probably afford to drop this one really, can't they? They can to make finals. Yeah, They're definitely yeah. playing finals. Um, I've just got a sneaky feel that this could be a uh, this could be a statement game for Geelong. Really? That's that's why I was thinking with Brisbane. I mean, I just look back at Brisbane. They go to Perth to play Fremantle. They've got uh, Adelaide as well and a, and a Q clash. So they should be right, but they wouldn't want to drop this Brisbane. And I've just got a sneaky feel. Could this be the game the Cats flex their muscles and put the competition on notice? Watch this space, I reckon. Now, Dockers and Swans, we're talking about playing potential – this is the perfect game for, for a play-in from both teams. Fremantle and Sydney are out of calculations to make finals, but if a play-in situation came in, this would be a very live game for Absolutely. these two teams. Absolutely. That's exactly my point. And really, what's the bonus of winning this game for these two teams and, and climbing up the ladder? In some ways, finishing in that bottom five or six teams gives you a better draw. As we said, Fremantle, they don't have the draft pick, but it gives you generally a better position in the draft. So, look, two teams that have been mighty disappointing this year. Fremantle at home you think should get it done, but Sydney are in better form. Sean Darcy might be a chance to miss the rest of the season with an ankle issue, which is a massive problem for them. That means the unicorn will have to ruck one out. Yep, that's probably fair. Yeah, that's what uh, what looks like might have to happen. Um, what did you think of the Dane Rampy suspension, by the way, or, or was, the fact that he got off? I was very surprised he got off. Yeah, I've played a lot of football. There's no way that contact was accidental. Yeah, And Dane Rampy has been one of the great defenders, and there's a reason why he's been undersized and been one of the great defenders. He knows every way to go about it, and uh, I was surprised he got off. I'm happy he got off, but it was a bit of a surprise. The guessing game continues at the tribunal. It does. It has become lucky. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's another subject for another day. More on Round 19 on the other side of this. This is Footy Talk. Stay with us. This is Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Joey Montagna and Jack Heverin. We're midway through round 19. Feels a pretty good way to start the second segment with Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Saturday night, monstrous game for both teams. Yeah, it is. The two best teams so far this year going at it. Um, Port Adelaide get a lot of their players back. We're interested to see how healthy they will be. But Horn Francis, Charlie Dixon, Trent McKenzie, Willie Rioli all back. And then Collingwood. Basically full strength. Yep. So, I mean, really, you wouldn't want it any other way. Um, it's going to be a huge matchup. I can't wait to see how it pans out. Bit of a question mark on Jordan Degoe. They've kind of quarantined him away from the group. They got caught a few times last year, Joey, with players getting sick and then spreading it. They've been ill a number of times this year, yeah, too. So this I reckon year, they've Degoe's a, missed a couple of sessions this year, I think, hasn't Yeah, he? they've yeah. taken a different approach with this year. Like, if you're sick, You've it's kind of like... Sniffle, stay at home. It's like work from home sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> I don't mind it. Degoe's had the sniffles all week. Uh, Oleg Markov dropped, most likely to play as the sub. We're talking before about tagging, um, and from a Hawthorne point of view, what they do with Richmond. What about Port Adelaide and Nick Dacos? Surely they've got a couple of options of guys who could go through Nick Dacos and play a role, don't they? They do. My theory would be, if I'm Port Adelaide, I would keep it up my sleeve. I would take the risk that you're still going to finish top two and keep it for a final. 
I think you've got a, a team's got to surprise Nick Dacos with a tag in a final uh, if they want to try and beat Collingwood. So I wouldn't roll with it this week. I'd try and beat them on their merits. If they lose, you're still confident you can finish top two, but have it up your sleeve and definitely use it in a final. That's interesting, yeah, because the, um, the other way to maybe look at it is if they were to lock down someone on him and it was successful, it gives him something to think about going into next time, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, but then Collingwood would have more plans in place True. to work out what to do, how to play him, and it might just upset the apple cart a little bit for Port Adelaide to, to sort of put a finger on him. So that's what I would look at doing, but I'm I'm really curious to see how the Pies go these last six games of the season. Um, I did a deep dive on them during the week and just to see whether they were head and shoulders above the competition. And Are they? I don't think so. Really? I don't think they are because when you look at their numbers, they are now playing a lot of the game from their defensive half. The, the time in half for them is slipping. They're like 12th in the competition since round 10 for playing the game in their forward half. And most of their points are coming from the back half. Clearly number one in the competition from scoring from the back half. Only 11th from scoring from the forward half. Now that's okay against teams that you're better than and don't have great team defences. When you come up against the best teams in the comp and in finals, that is when you play the best defensive teams, yep. it's much harder to move the ball from your back line and score like we can picture them doing all year against Fremantle and Gold Coast and, you know, even some of the Bulldogs ball movement. When they play these best teams, will it stack up? I mean, they might be good enough. They might just be too good, Nick Dacos and co, and they can slice and dice. But it will be a bit unconventional for premiership teams to play that way as opposed to being a contest clearance team and playing the game in the front half like Port Adelaide, Melbourne, Geelong and Brisbane are. And then the other part to that is how important is the corridor? When you play Collingwood and, and blocking it up, Essendon in the last month have probably been the best team at it in terms of forcing teams to go slow and wide. When you play Collingwood, is that what you 100%. need to try and do? And Adelaide did it twice to them. If you remember Adelaide, we yep. blocked the corridor and got after them with the turnovers and should have beaten them both times. Their inaccuracy cost them. So teams have gone to school on that. Um, it's going to be harder, but Collingwood have still got time to work on their game. And as we said, they are the best team in it. They deserve to be favourites, but I don't think they're invincible. Clearly game of the round. Might very well be game of the season, depending on what happens. Who are you tipping there? I'm leaning towards Collingwood still, but I think it'll be closer than, than some people predict. I think the Pies will get this one done, um, but it'll show that Port Adelaide will still fancy themselves if they met them again in a final. Giants and the Suns on Sunday afternoon. This is the early game. Nick Haynes back in for GWS, who... Are just quietly going about their business, the Giants. They're knocking on the door of the eight. A win here helps their cause. 100%. The last seven weeks, they're sitting up the top with Collingwood Port Adelaide for the 6-1 and one record. Like, they are flying. Sam Taylor's a massive inclusion. I think they just keep it rolling. I think they keep rolling and maybe be the team that might be the smoky to make the eight. What about the Suns in terms of where they're at, where they're heading? Well, it's probably another separate show, really, isn't yeah, it? it is. but, yeah, Yeah. Not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Like that, they are where they it's are. It's a bit like that, isn't they it? They are though? where they are. They yeah. tease. They quite don't quite deliver. They're thereabouts, but that's them at the moment, and that's why they need a coach that can take them forward next year. Demons are fourth on the ladder. They will host Adelaide on Sunday afternoon. Crows are in danger of just letting this whole thing slip for all of the good work that they've done in the first half of the year. Aren't yeah, they? and it does feel that way a little bit. They're just there's always one team. I think last year it was St Kilda and Carlton that were really strong at the start of the year. Dropped away late. There's a lot of teams in form outside the eight that are coming. So it might just be a bridge too far for Adelaide. I can't see them winning at the MCG now without Rory Laird, Josh Rochelle, um, even Max Michael Annie has been a very good lockdown defender in his first year. So I think some injuries have hurt Adelaide. Melbourne have found a bit of their groove. I think they like their mix at the moment, and I just think they'll keep ramping it up at the right time of the year. So does that mix include Brody Grundy? Nope. He's in the squad. Nope. This is a Friday morning we're recording this, so we won't know the teams. He's in the squad at this stage of 25. Nice and polite of the club to put him in the squad, but he won't be playing. No. At all? Nope.
Can't see him get back in unless something drastically goes wrong. I think they've found that Van Royen can do the second ruck work as an aggressive aggressive big man, and they get they look a bit more nimble and flexible and dynamic without uh, another ruck in the forward line. Finish off the round with the Saints and the Kangaroos at Marvel Stadium, um, the Brett Ratton Cup, I think we can call that. Rats has become our mate this week on yes, uh, Footy Talk. I blame Rui, actually. Like, if North Melbourne win on Sunday, it might have started with oh, Rui firing Rats up on Tuesday. Imagine that. Yeah, it could too. It will, Saints fans will be turning on Nick for getting <laughs> – I, I can't see it, though. St Kilda should definitely win this game, especially with the injuries now to some North Melbourne players. I mean, Zerhar and – some other guys, Saints um, have been disappointing, but I know Ross Lyon will fire them up for their own sake, Not, nothing to do with Brett Ratton, but just to get the win that they have to have and play some better footy. Yeah, well, they're, they're another one on the slippery slope, aren't they? I think it's four mm. of their last five they've lost. They're, they're just on the periphery of the eight now with teams like GWS and Carlton and, and the Bombers, Richmond all around them. This is the sort of game you just have to bank, oh, If they you? lose one of the next two to Kangaroos or Hawthorne, they'll miss finals. So they have to win these two and then worry about the last four weeks of the year and trying to go 50-50 on the run home. But they've got to find some form. Before they even worry about the other teams, find some form and hopefully that starts against Kangaroos. So if there's an upset that comes anywhere across the weekend, where's it coming? Well, the bold prediction I'm going with this week is the Cats flex their muscles. I think the Cats could make a statement and put the whole competition on notice that they might just be back. How nervous do you reckon the rest of the competition would be? If the Cats go to the Gabba, have a good convincing win. The top four teams wouldn't want to drop first week of finals, whoever that is, and play Geelong in the second week of the finals. So that would be the most nervous, those top four teams. Because the Cats, just to me, have just got that little bit of look in their eye. Jeremy Mm -hmm. Cameron, Hawkins back. The best back line they've had is now settled. And with Dangerfield and Atkins leading the way in the midfield, they're tough again and they're hard to beat. Don't forget, if you've got a question for us, you can hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod and on TikTok at footytalkpod. Um, I'm impressed that you're back in the gym and just working hard on your feet. I don't do a lot sort of stuff. There, but I do rock up. Uh, just, just pot around. Make it sound like you're yeah, no. big numbers, <laughs> yeah, mate. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good yarn. Enjoy the weekend's footy. We're back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to us on Footy Talk. Listener.